Hey, I'm Dave Gerhardt, and you're listening to the Marketing Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with today's top marketing leaders on what they really do every day. My guest today is Allison McLeod, the EVP of Global Marketing at Flywire. All right, so what is your, what is your role? So my role is EVP of Global Marketing at Flywire. What is the global piece of that? Does that mean like, like what, would you not own all of marketing globally? Hey, that's true, right? It's a little redundant, I suppose. But, um, you know, we are, a, uh, we are a global organization. So we serve clients and payers in over 240 countries and territories. We've got 12 offices around the world, definitely integrated into the whole international piece. So I would say the global aspect is often big and sometimes people say global marketing, but really it's a North America approach that just sprinkles out to the rest of the world. We definitely have different uh, go-to-market strategies for every region, every country. Got it. Okay. And then how do you explain, how do you explain what your company does? Like I just to roughly know, it doesn't have to be super technical in the weeds, but so people know like, oh, I can see what you're generating demand for. Yep. So uh, Flywire is a high growth fintech and vertical payments company. So if you think on the, I love to always say that we help our customers deliver on their customers' most important payments. So we're vertically focused and that's across education, travel, and healthcare. And if you think of those three, those are often very emotional payments, such as paying for your tuition, paying for life-saving medical care or procedure that needs to be done, or that, you know, huge bucket list item when you want to take an adventure travel vacation somewhere. So we ensure that payments are, you know, friction-free, go through the entire process and provide transparency for both the client and payer. Got it. Kind of. I got it. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not nearly that smart. So (laughs) it's okay. The good part about doing this podcast, then I can re-listen and I'll, and I'll get it. Then I could, I would also tell you, at a very simple level, we help our clients get paid. So our nice. clients. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I like that. That should be your home. That that's your homepage. Okay. <laughs> so, this, who cares about what the company does? Let's talk about let's talk about marketing. I'm just kidding. So, how do you define like? Okay, so if you help you help people get paid, how do you talk about like the marketing strategy, right? Like, if you are you know having lunch with the CEO and that that person's trying to say like, I don't know, uh, should we do marketing or not? Like, how do you explain where what purpose marketing serves for the company? Ah, good one. So let me provide a little context too, because so I've been at Flywire for about a year and a half and came in to really build and run the marketing organization. It seems a little crazy, right? Because I came in at a company that was already <laughs> on their way, high growth. I joined when we were Series D, had com- have, you know clients across the globe, multi-vertical, but marketing had not been a big investment area for Flywire. Isn't that the dream? Isn't that the dream? I mean, that's got to be why you took the job though, right? It's like, well, they have all this stuff and they haven't even touched marketing yet. Exactly. So that was, that was very appealing, right? Dream, but there's also like work to do, right? Because there's often the, <laughs> often the like, well, if we did it this long without it, what do we need it for now? And that's not to say there was no marketing, but it was definitely looked at more of a support organization. So like, hey, we love events. So we had events and we had PR and some content, but that was really it. So the, I would say that the main things was that marketing lacked a purpose. It lacked a vision and it lacked a 
what does this really do to drive the company? A big part of why I joined is because I saw the opportunity to come in and actually say, like, marketing is not a support function. It's a strategic driver of the business. And I'm, you know, a strong believer that marketing does many things, but they should all bubble up to two key areas. The first is telling the story internally, externally, all your stakeholders. And the second is driving revenue. And if we're not doing things that bubble up to that, then we're probably not doing our job. So the last year- I love that. I love that. I just want to, I just want to like, yeah. I just want to go back to that. Cause I think it's, it's, it's really simple and really it, it hits on both things. Right. Cause I, Hey girl, uh, I often say, you found goose poop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. Where was it? <laughs> on our lawn? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yucky. <laughs> my God, she has the cutest voice. Bye. It's <laughs> every call ever. We're gonna yeah, we're mine, keep mine too. We're not editing that, but that's that's no, in that's there. great. I'm sure I, I'll have one in a moment. <laughs> I, I love the way you said that because I, I typically try to say like, well, marketing, like I try to make the case for marketing by saying like well, marketing feeds revenue. But I think you hit on the two important things, which is like, that misses the story, right? You own the story, right? which, which is internal and external. So that, okay, that's like, those are basically guardrails for like what you have to do as an organization. And then also the revenue piece. And like, if you have those two guardrails, setting the strategy should be relatively easy. Yes. So that's a big piece of it. And, you know, when we look at what we do and we're driving, the team has really been organized and centered around those two pillars in the last year and a half. And was your question how I've organized it? Uh, not yet. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Okay. So for you, marketing is story and, and revenue. My guess is this is a enterprise sales type of motion. Like what's the, can you break the handoff between like marketing yeah. and then actually closing deals? So here's where it gets super interesting, right? So I mentioned we're vertical payments. We have four verticals that we um, serve, and that's education, healthcare, travel, and then tech. So I would say there are oftentimes where I'm like, I feel like I work at five or six companies every day, which I love. It keeps it exciting. It's a, it's a different sale in every vertical. I would say travel is more of like what you would equate to that like, you know, high volume, I always find super exciting, like more of that SaaS sale, like leads come in, sales converts, and we've built a pretty incredible machine between sales and marketing. And the relationship is just phenomenal. It's just amazing. Team like really works close together as like, here are the leads we're going after here, you know, here's the different motions. Sales is on top of it to make sure that they're qualifying, turning into qualified opportunity and closing deals. I would say education and healthcare is more of an enterprise sales where we have targeted accounts that we know that we're going after. It's not to say that there isn't any inbound, but it's a pretty strategic approach, definitely a longer sales cycle. So yes, the awareness piece is important, but a lot of time the team is spent on how do we go you know, deeper in the process, help sales close deals, make sure that we're really driving the importance of our strengths, our brand, the upsell, cross-sell motion. I was going to ask you this later, but we can go there now. Like, how do you, how do you build a marketing team around that? Is it like, do you have specialized people? You know, you have these five, seven, however many verticals, like, do you have yep. program people on each one? I'm just interested in like how you staff that. So that part's been very interesting. You know, when I joined, it was a little bit siloed. 
And I really wanted to be careful not to build this like, you know, <laughs> different little mini teams across every vertical because I just think it loses, it loses a lot of strength in the marketing team. It loses the ability to help people say like, hey, I've been in healthcare, but I want to try a different stint. So the way I've designed the team so far is we have vertical marketers and those I would liken to more of like your product marketers, right? Like they own the go-to-market. How are we aligned with sales? What's the sales enablement? What's the story? Who are we going after? Really running sort of the business. And then we have a centralized demand gen team that we're still building and scaling because believe it or not, <laughs> demand gen didn't exist when I started. <laughs> Made me cry a little bit, but it's at the same time, it's so exciting to see what we've been able to do. They made, didn't need it. They had all that revenue without it. They figured they didn't need it. That's true. So we do have marketers that are focused on the verticals, right? So one, it keeps that consistency of, you know, we're using the same tool set. We're following, you know, we make sure we have best practices. And I, I just love the idea of not making sure that people get backed into like a, this is what you're going to do forever. You're only going to be in this vertical. I want to make sure that as we grow and scale, that we provide marketers opportunities to be like, oh, I've loved this, but I want to try something else. And they really get the full breadth of the organization. That's great. How, how, many, how many total people on the team? We have about 15 right now. And then uh, of, of that 15, like, are there common buckets? Like, do you have, you know, there's a product marketing team, a brand team, a demand team. What, what are the breakdown of the 15? So I would say the common buckets are demand gen and growth. So that's like marketing ops, um, our demand gen team. Then, so believe it or not, sales ops. Wait, before we go on from that, can I ask you a question about demand gen? Because this is a question that comes up a lot. What roles or things do you define as in demand gen? So if you just crack that open a little bit. Yes. Is it, so, is, it, is it channels? Because I always am like, uh, demand gen is website, SEO, ads. And it's like, it almost starts to be everything. So I, I didn't know if you had a better way of talking through that. So the way I look at it, it's a bit vertical agnostic, right? But if they own things like our tech stack, so our Marketo programs, our ad programs, all of the lead gen, how we think of qualifying the handoff with sales, I mean, content is in there a bit, but it's definitely with a flavor and influence of the product team. But anything you can think of a program that's going to be external facing, demand gen team is running and owning. Nice. Got it. So pro- program. Yeah. Okay. And then of those, like, how, do, how have you broken this team down? So there's 15 people. You can't obviously have everybody report to you. What's the reporting structure? And it's it's like, you know, I think look, everybody believes in having a flat org. And so like, you know, you can qualify by saying that, but I think people are really interested in how to structure, I think specifically for this podcast, like marketing leaders, they are, they are interested in how do I structure my team? Cause I've run into things in the past where you want to keep it simple, but then you have this like random hire and creative who doesn't really report to anyone else. So they got to report to you. Like what's, what is your system? I have a couple of those, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> but as again, as we, as we build and scale, that's what we're looking at. But I would say the way I'm designing it. And like right now, the vertical leaders. So we have leaders across the verticals report into me, head of demand gen reports into me. And then we have an amazing head of comms and brand who's on maternity leave right now. So she reports into me as well. And then additionally, so here comes another twist in the Flywire journey. So not only do we market to clients, we also market to payers. (laughs) So we've got got a, a little bit of a B2B to C twist. So we have this amazing woman in our Shanghai office who does all of our consumer marketing, 
mostly for the China market right now. And it is completely different than we do for anything else. Different brand name, different brand look and feel, all different channels, because of course, none of the channels we use anywhere else in the world exist in China and vice versa. <laughs> so that's, that's how the team is designed. And then sales ops reports into me now as well. That's how the team is designed right now. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, as we grow and scale and look at the needs of the org and the team, that will likely change a bit. But that's where we are right now, just in terms of, of size. Cool. People will love that. All right. And then as far as direct reports go, like what, what rhythms do you have as a, as a manager? How often, you know, how often do you meet? Do you do run one-on-ones? How do you run them? So I do either weekly or bi-weekly kind of up to the, the person that reports into me um, one-on-ones. We also do a, a team meeting every Tuesday with the entire marketing org, which now that we have people in every different office, it's kind of difficult. I always feel bad. Someone always gets the short end of the stick with like whatever time of day, 11 p.m. it is for them. But we do that to go through and make sure that everyone has you know, a sense of the pulse of the business, what's happening. And then I do a leadership team meeting bi-weekly with my direct reports as well. It's just we talk through the team, morale, the goals, all that great stuff. So bi-weekly, at least one-on-ones. And then the weekly rhythms are, you know, your breakout with your leaders, which is probably four or five, yeah, three or four people. And then the whole team meeting. Yep. That's great. And the whole team meeting, do you have an agenda? Do you send that out every week? Does the team run the meeting? Like how much work are you doing for that versus is it like the the team? Um, I'll be honest. I'm probably not doing enough (laughs) work for that, right? But I would say we try to keep it a little bit looser, more informal. I don't like to be like, well, one, I'm just not a person of like crazy rigor, right? I, I'd say like once a month, we we look at how are we doing on our stats? What are we doing against our goals? But usually every week, we want to make sure that there's a sense of the pulse because we are all over the world, all across, you know, different verticals as well. So I, I like to make sure that the the verticals are really like the pulse on what's happening in the business. What's the day to day? How are we doing on deals? So those teams usually give an update. And then we usually... Is that like demand gen and the ops mostly doing that? It's demand gen and ops and then also the vertical leaders too, of what's happening happening in the business. And then um, when we have topics to talk through, I'll make sure to send an agenda in advance so that we're blocking out that time for that. And then we started as well quarterly QBRs, which those are always my favorite. They're long, but they're fun. And then we we kind of have an open invite so anyone can attend them in the company. So take me get- take me through the 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 QBRs because I, I don't do them and should probably do them. So what what's the goal? How do you run it? Like how does it get, how does it come together? So the the goal was really, um, and the way I've looked at this is the intended audience is really marketing, and we invite other people to join us, right? Because there are other touch points we have where we we can update the company on like, how's marketing doing? How are we doing against our goals? But a big piece of this is what are we learning? Is it time to stop and reflect? What have we changed? What, you know, what are some of the key learnings? What are we going to keep doing, stop doing, continue doing? So we kind of chunked out the last one, which was pretty great. You know, a lot of the data collection clearly sits on the demand and an ops team as we look at the different, um, you know, overall the verticals, and then we bucket it down to like, hey, here are the things we said we're going to do, right? When we say telling the story, 
and sort of as we go through the presentation too, there's always the, what was the purpose of this? Is it to tell the story? Is it to drive revenue? But it's such an, I, I just love these and the team really runs it. I, you know, set up the webinar and, but the, really it's up to the team to take everyone through. And there's commonalities, right? In terms of like, how are we doing on, you know, qualified opportunities, revenue driven, where are we going, which programs are working. I would say I don't focus on MQLs really at all. I think those are there as like a lever of like, hey, is this helping to drive the pipe? But that's not a main goal because, you know, you could generate a gazillion MQLs, but if they turn into nothing, who cares? So really it's looking at what's, what's converting best for us. But I think our last one was like three hours, but people would just pop in and out from different parts of the business, listen to what we were doing. We recorded it. Then we, um, we have an intranet, which has become our hub of all things Flywire, which marketing also runs internal comms too. So we'd send out like a, to the whole company, like, Hey, if you missed it, here's the recording, here are the cliff note versions. Nice. Um, so we make sure that people, uh, I just, I'm one of those people that I, I just, you have to market marketing internally. And it's, it's always the last thing marketing leaders usually do. But one of those that's so important for people to understand, like, what's that team up to? What are they doing over there, right? Everyone has a different idea of what marketing is, depending on where they sit in an organization. Right. And so many people don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my, I'm with you on that. Because my, my belief is like, look, if, if people don't know, it's your job as a marketer to make sure they know. And it's like not yes. a good enough. And like a, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, I posted it on the internet. And it's like, even if that's true, your job, just like marketing to customers, like you have to actually walk them there. And so if yeah. you're just posting it there and they're not responding, well, then you got to switch it up. And so I let, it's cool that you own internal comms because it's like, that's just another audience. The right. content is the same. It's like, how are you going to tell the internal audience? And yeah. if you can't, if you can't get the internal people who spend their, you know, eight hours a day working on this company, excited about it or interested in it, there's no way people on the outside yeah. are going to care. No. And it's so true, right? Because it is funny too, where people sit in the org and they're like, what do you think marketing does? And they're like, events, swag. I'm like, swag. We have marketing. We have marketing. Parties, pretty pictures. <laughs> so it's been so important that we get people around like, no, nope. Like, and that's why it's also keeping it simple. Tell the story internally and externally, drive revenue. But, you know, it's, it's, we're not perfect. We still have a lot of work to do, but it's something that we're definitely focused on as well as we keep growing. Okay, so do, what, are, what are your marketing goals? I'm sure you have more than, I'm sure you have, you know, 20 all the way down. But like, if you had to sum up, you know, the, the two or three goals that you have, like when, when you have one-on-ones with the CEO or whoever, like, what are they? So, I mean, I think, again, when we look at a lot of the marketing goals do tie into our corporate strategic goals too. And that was a, you know, a big thing. I would say one of the things that I think we did really well as an exec team this year is getting every department aligned to like, here are the things we're trying to drive as a company. And then when I went to, to say, hey, what are we focused on as a marketing team? Those match up, right? So right. If if it's yeah. driving, you know, our corporate story and our corporate brand and becoming market leaders and establishing market leadership across those three verticals, I'm not going to look very <laughs> good if I go to the CEO and he's like, hey, how's that repositioning going in education? I'm like, oh, that's not really on my list. Is that important? Uh, <laughs> so, right. Like you can't set, you can't set the marketing. This is often an argument that I've had with like finance and ops, which is like, yeah. you can't really, you can't always set, you can't set the marketing plan until you know what the company plan is. Yeah, 100% agree. 
And, and so like we just did this at Privy now for the first time and it was really helpful, which is like we reset for the second half of the year. We said, here are the company OKRs and they're based on these two things. We want to improve this and we want to improve this. Then every team went back and like, all right, here's what marketing is going to do to support that. And that's been like the best alignment. So it's, it's, it's good to know that you're setting that plan off of the overall company plan. Yeah. And even, you know, at the beginning of the year, every exec took, so this, you know, this started as sort of like, we're resetting for the year. Here are the things we're going to do. Here is marketing. Here's how we're going to track it along the way. And we, every team did that for the whole company, just getting those out there through, you know, open sessions, company meetings, it's everywhere. Right. So we want to make sure that, that, that always stays aligned to the company. Cause I think that's all kind of miss where people still get confused internally of like, what does that team even do? Right. If it's not aligned to what you're trying to achieve as a, as a company. Okay. So let me ask you this a different way. So like, so obviously revenue and and revenue is the goal, but if you go backwards, so like for me, of course, revenue is the goal, but I would say the three leading indicators I would look at with my team is in our model, it would be traffic trials and meetings. Like what are those things for you that you look that drive revenue? So for us, it is traffic. It is, I would say for us, uh, traffic, number of opportunities, qualified pipe are the three biggest that we look at. Nice. That's good. I think that'll be, that, that's a good benchmark for a lot of more enterprise mid-market companies, like the, especially yep. the ultimately owning qualified ops is great. Yeah. And I mean, there's, you know, one more we look at too is brand because for us, particularly in the vertical piece of it, the, we do look a lot at our, our press. Do you have specific places. brand goals? We do. We have goals around our social because social media is a big avenue for us, right? Looking at like social engagement, social following, and then even, so even I'll take China for an example, right? Like WeChat, Baidu, huge channels for us, particularly WeChat. So really looking at how are we doing with followers and Gilbert, the woman who runs all of our China programs is always like, it's one thing to get them. It's how do you keep them in WeChat because everything is there. So it's really all about the engagement. So those are big stats we look at. Huh. And the other thing too is, the, the press piece of it. And it's not just like, look at all the press mentions, right? Like, again, who cares? It's, are we getting in the right places? Are we in the right stuff for our fintech brand as a corporate brand? Are we in the right places for our verticals across education, travel, healthcare, tech? So we have sort of the targets of, of what we look at as well. Awesome. And then how do those play out to like the individuals on your team? So like, if I'm a demand gen person on your team, like, do you have a system for goals? Like some people do OKRs, some people just have like more of a template, you know, what's your system? How does that play out for the individuals on the team? So we have OKRs and those do go down to the team. And even as a company, we, you know, everyone set their goals at the beginning of the year. Now, clearly lots have changed, right? It's the beginning of the year. <laughs> I found, I stumbled across a Google Docs. And- uh. Oh, wow. We had 150 events planned this year. <laughs> and the worst part is it's, it's August. You and I are recording this in August. Like in two months, we're going to be planning all, uh, again. <laughs> I know. Isn't it crazy? And this year has just been like, wow, curveball, right? Right. Um, yeah. Let's, let's use, <laughs> let's, let's use the, let's use the data from this year to bet, to forecast for the plan for next year. Who's going to be I, good at that? I think, oh my God, it is interesting. People are like, oh, but events are coming back. I'm like, there is no way that they're coming back. One, like they did. Like, I just can't foresee in 2021 in January. 
conference hall full of people. There's no way. If I see a picture like of people at an event, I'm like, ooh, you know, know, like there's just, there's, there's, there's no way. Yeah. 2022, maybe we'll see. Maybe. Okay. I got I got a bunch, I have a bunch more. Okay. So that was a lot about people, goals, whatever, but what are the, what are the marketing channels you're using today? I think it's obvious that you're doing everything, but like, what are the one or two money channels that you have? So like in my world right now, that's content and Shopify app store, for example, like what are the, what are like the golden channels for you? So it depends a little bit on the vertical, but I would say LinkedIn has actually been a really good channel for us. Advertising? Um, yeah. And like sponsored content. That's, that's been a really good one, nice. um, particularly and in our travel tech segment. What does that drive to? So like you're running sponsored content, is that driving to an email sign up, a demo or something? Content. So for we, um, I'll give you a, a bit of an example, right? Like we, um, in a, a travel space, obviously travel very hard hit <laughs> this year. We did a whole research study a few months ago, like two months ago, we pushed out this report. It's had like amazing reception, bouncing back right across like 12 plus different countries, what the sentiment is, when it will return, what adventure travelers are looking for. So a lot of it goes to that. We also have things like our payments assessment and our demos um, that that drives to as well. But I would advertising overall, right? Paid ad is, is a bit of a newer channel and investment area in the last year. Cause like I said, we didn't have demand gen prior to this. And what we're also trying to do is drive traffic to our site and get the right people in. So that's been a big one. Email still, I mean, I know everyone predicted email will die, but it's still, I think one of the best channels you have to communicate with your prospects and customers. And a lot of that is, you know, we do a fair amount of webinars. They are very popular in the healthcare and education space. So we do, we do a fair amount of those as well. And I would say at the start of the year, like I said, events, we did a lot of events, particularly more in the enterprise. Yeah, what have you, what have you done? That's crazy. You, you had 150 events planned for this year. Like, has that, did you have to replace that or like, how does that, how's that adapted? Yeah. I mean, we've, one thing it's like, you know, I, I always admire my team because they're so nimble and that's what I love about like agile marketers, right? Like people, like as soon as everything was like, we're, you know what, we're making, putting a stake in the ground now in March, we're not doing any events for the rest of the year. And I know a lot of people are like, Q4, we'll come back in Q4. It's just like, let's not even plan for it. Cause if we're, if we're holding out hope that this is going to help us at the end of the year, like, and we're wrong, we're screwed. <laughs> so we pivoted to everything digital right away. I was very excited about that because I, although I think events are an important driver, I think you're seeing a lot of digitalization in, and just more shifts in progress in industries that haven't been like healthcare and education, right? Whether they want to or not. So I, I want to make sure that we're leading ahead of that. So a lot of that has been webinars, content, a lot of content because there's just so much craving for content across across healthcare and education right now where there's there's a lot of unknowns. So and was that like taking budget and putting it into new channels or like investing more in stuff that you already had? A little bit of both. I would say like education and healthcare that was definitely more of a shifting into new channels. Got it. Yeah, I think that I mean I think people rethinking webinars and content right now is huge. It can totally scratch the same itch. People go to conferences really to like 
they're going to remember one or two speakers right? and one or two things that happened. And like, you could totally replicate that online. Yeah. Okay. So how do you come up with the marketing budget? Like, are you, are you told like, Hey, here's your budget for this year. Are you also working on that? What's the whole process for coming up with budget? So I would say it's a, it's a little bit of magic, right? When I started, it was like, here's, here's the marketing budget that's already been decided. So I started after the planning cycle in 2019. This year it was more of like a based off of last year, how we're performing, here's what we need. You know, it's one of those things that's always evolving. And I was a big believer that rather than taking on a ton more money until we got our house in order and started understanding what are we tracking? How are we growing? How, how are we proving the revenue? Because like I said, um, when I say there's no demand gen, there was also no metrics in place to capture anything. It's like, hey, we did 150 events. How'd those perform? We didn't track them. Sales didn't follow up in you know, that type of manner. So that was a big piece for me. It's like, let's prove it. And then as we go into next year, it's like, here's what we need based off of the revenue, based off the verticals. Here's what we did last year. We want to do more. Here's what we're going to need for that. So you know, definitely, I would say that's a joint effort between the CFO and myself. So that's been good. (laughs) And then once you have that overall budget for the year, how do you think about allocating that by function, right? So like story and revenue. Yeah. That one's tricky because there's the, like the corporate brand that we focus on from a PR perspective. And then there's also the verticals. So a bit of the, of how we look at it from the verticals is where's like, what's the revenue by vertical? How can marketing support? But then there are some that are more emerging verticals where we're not well established like travel and tech. If we just did a slice of like, oh, well, those you know, are smaller in revenue size, we'll do smaller for marketing. We're not going to get very far because we have to make it a bigger investment to get the brand awareness there and the traction right over verticals that are already well established. Um, where we're focusing on more of like the upsell, the cross sell. So that's a bit of it. And then in terms of like the budget ownership, the, our, my, you know, my head of, of brand and comms has her budget that she owns. Right. And then our demand gen team has the budget that they own and the vertical marketers have the budget they own. Yes. Pay. So, so we have that sort of split out. Do they like do the same exercise that you and your CFO do, but for you? So you say, Hey, here's our overall budget. Now you three are going to go back and tell me like what you need. And then you kind of meet yep. in the middle somewhere. Yes. And then we look at like, what are the programs? Where are we thinking of spending? What do we think this is going to get the return for us? And then we track that, you know, monthly. And so, yeah, I mean like that's, I guess that's part of that job, right? Like you and I have each had that job before where it's like, okay, you're stepping up into a leadership role. You now own people and budget and metrics in your, in your function, not just the metrics piece. How do you, how do you actually manage budget? Like, is it a spreadsheet? Is it a system? Are you using a tool? What does it look like? It's a spreadsheet right now. But the great thing is we have a pretty amazing finance team. So every month I get a, you know, a report of like, here are the actuals, here's the and, you know, of course, we had to throw them a loop of like, I want to see it this way, right? I want to see everything that hits this budget item. So then we can back it up to say this was demand, this was payer marketing, this was vertically specific. So we can see where we are. But right now it's a spreadsheet. Same. Good For old be- Google. Right? For better or worse. <laughs> How do you get the actuals? Do you have to like reach out to finance and say, hey, like, where are we at? They deliver that to me on a monthly basis. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to send this. Clip Shout out to, to our finance team. <laughs> send, this, send this clip to Mars CFO and be like, what, 
Why am I doing this? I'm not the one you want doing this anyway. Uh, okay. We're going to go faster. Some of these, do you work with any agencies? We do. We have two PR agencies that we work with. And then we work with a, actually the agency that helped us redo our website because we ripped and replaced that thing last year with a new CMS and everything. So they're still on helping us with some design and and web uh, development work too. Nice. Do you have in-house design too? And they just work together? Yes. So we have, we have a digital designer and then we have another designer who does offline, but also, also digital type of stuff. They're both incredible. Two agencies because of all the international stuff you're doing? The PR stuff? Yeah. Yes. North America and then Europe. Now, are you involved in that stuff or is that like comms runs it day to day? I am involved a lot of like the, the strategic piece of it, what we're doing, but comms runs the day to day. And these are always the moments. So I, I mentioned uh, Sarah who runs our team on maternity leave. So I'm stepping in her for the moment. I'm like, this is then, why she is so much better at this than I am. I know probably bringing that up just reminded you of like three things that you should have, that you had to yes. do or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Two PR agencies, web and, and development design agency. All right. Give me, uh, if you can, an overview of some of the tools that you're using. It doesn't have to be the whole stack, but people would love to know like what you're using for yeah. CMS and all that stuff. So we use Craft for our CMS. That's a newer one, but... We like Crack? Craft? Craft, yeah. C-R-A-F-T. Hmm. Nice. It's a newer one. Some, and some like big brands are on it, like Netflix uses it as well for their website. Um, but that's been, that's been a good one. It, it is secure too. So if you have security concerns, um, that one was uh, heavily vetted by our security team. Craft for the CMS, Marketo for a marketing automation system, Salesforce... We are using AdWords, LinkedIn, I mentioned. We are using, am I drawing a blank? Anything for display? Not, we're not doing a lot of display right now. We, oh, we have been working with WordStream on some of the paid ad side. That's been great. Yeah, not anything for display. And I know I'm probably missing a million things right now. We've, you know, we've tried a, a few different tools. Like we had big tin can in place for a while to look at like our content and our distribution, but it wasn't really, um, you know, that we're not using anymore. We use Jira a bit for some of the people that like it in terms of like uh, tracking some of the projects and whatnot. Got it. That's great. Good to get that. Nobody ever shares that, which is awesome. Okay. Here's the, here are the two more fun ones that were done. If you had one wish and could solve any one marketing problem, what would it be? So like for me, I'd be like, I wish I could get, we have 50,000 downloads of our podcast. I wish I could get email and contact info for every one of those people when they subscribe to our podcast, but I can't. Oh, I have so many. <laughs> well, give me a couple. Where do I start? You, you, can have, you can pick more than one. I want to know them all. Like I wish, I wish I had perfect brand attribution. Like, okay. Oh yeah, that is a big one, right? The brand attribution piece. I would say brand attribution. I like. I would say like growing our our prospect side. I would all. I'd also like to be able to wave a magic wand and to know at at any point that people are looking at buying. Yes, we have an RFP process, but like, how do we know when they're starting to even think of that decision, right? Like, especially these enterprise sales. That's been a tough one, right? Where you're always catching up. It's like, how are we not in there? How have they not heard of us yet? Uh, um, <laughs> right? And I think at the crux of it too, like you want that brand recognition to say like Flywire and people get it. And I'd say from a corporate brand perspective, the recognition, right? That we, ha- we are a you know, high growth vertical fintech, but 
our roots are cross-border education. So I think there's still some of that of like, oh yeah, you guys do cross-border EDU. And it's like, no, we do so much more. So that's, that's, those are some of the big ones. Okay. You're off the hot seat. These last two are super easy. How do you tell your family what you do for work? Oh, that's such a hard one. <laughs> I will tell you my four-year-old thinks I work so I can buy groceries. <laughs> no friggin' idea what I do. <laughs> It's, I mean, isn't that true though? Like at the end of the day, that's kind of true. It's what we're all doing. Like, yeah, I'm. <laughs> it's like, well, you have to work so you can buy us groceries and toys. Pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah, it. That, that about not, sums it up. Not have any alone time, even to use the bathroom. Yep. Appreciate it. So when I say like, oh, I'm the head of marketing. So people are like, so, so what do you like? Is that like advertising? Is that like, you know, I think people think of like big ad agencies as like, nope, like a big part of it is how do we work closely with our sales team to drive interest from people we want to sell to and use our product and get them to respond to something that gets salespeople to talk to them. (laughs) I think that it's like nobody understands what marketing does. And so when I tell them (laughs) that I do marketing, they're like, huh. (laughs) So that's a... Oh, so you guys have events and parties. Oh, and you make (laughs) t-shirts. Or I wish I was one of those people that could be like, I do marketing, but like, I really believe that like I'm selling people their dreams or something. And so I could be like, oh, people, what do you do for work? Like I make, I make dreams come true. You know? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, all right. Maybe one part, maybe we'll, maybe one. We'll get through this, through this episode about telling what your family. Okay. Last question. Who is one other marketing leader that I should have on and do the same grilling? with? Ooh, Brian Carden. Brian Carden. Oh, I love Brian. Yeah. The last time I did an interview with Brian, he told me that that's how Envision listened to that interview. And they're like, yeah, this guy seems like, seems nice. We should work with him. (laughs) I don't have direct attribution on it, but he is great. Well, you kind of do, right? Yeah. He was my boss many moons ago at Forrester. Oh, Um, no way. He was the CMO there. Yeah. And he was still great back then? Still great back then. (laughs) My favorite Brian Cardenism is his note card, his, his one little note card that he keeps with him that he writes notes on. That was my biggest fascination of with our interview. Cool. All right, Allison, you're awesome. Thanks for doing this. I'll let you know when it, when it goes out. I think it's going to be really fun. So I appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Enjoy the rest of your summer. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Leaders Podcast. And thanks to my friends at Hatch for helping to produce the show. If you like this episode, I have all of the show notes and a full transcript over in my private marketing group, DGMG. And if you love marketing like me and want to learn from the 1,500 other members in the group, you should come and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash Dave Gerhardt, my full name, D A V E. G-E-R-H-A-R-D-T. Until next time, I'll see you.